I was blessed last year to give a talk to a all girls school, uh, mostly minority, uh, African American and Latina, uh, in Fort Worth last year, and they were you know, high schoolers, middle schoolers, uh, bunched in a, I did a couple of different uh, classes, but uh, what I what I shared with them where where I opened the conversation was, hey, y'all are gonna tell your great grandkids, great granddaughters, that when y'all were coming up in school, men ruled the world and they're gonna laugh at you. They're gonna be like, really stop playing. And, and my point, what I went on to tell them was, this is a pivotal time in history where I believe personally that women are gonna uh, rise up and all this gender inequality is gonna um, be gone, right? There's still gonna be challenges but this is the time where we're going to look back in history and see that doors opened up and uh, all the, the suppression of women and all that is going to uh, be pushed aside by the bold women uh, taking their rightful place in society. I'm saying that to say Karen Cherry, one of the big reasons why it's going to be easier for, for more women to, uh, to take their rightful place because she's an example. She's built a successful business, multiple businesses, amazing business owner, and just all around amazing person. You're going to learn a lot. So today I am sitting with Karen Cherry. Uh, Karen, you own a lot of businesses, right? My previous guest, they only really have one main business. So I, I can't call you CEO owner of just one business because you have multiple businesses, which is really why I want to have you uh, on the show because in a, what many would consider a relatively short time frame, given when you actually started, you've built a multi-business kind of empire, little, little empire here in, in, uh, in DW. So, um, and when I say little, I don't really mean little. I'm, I'm trying to, I'm trying to uh, do a little humble bragging for you, but um, so, so you own KC Properties, yes. you own Sips Consults, yes. and your third business, what's the name of that business? It's guiding Businesses. Guiding Businesses, right? And so before we get into those businesses, uh, what they do, um, how we got to today, um, and, 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 you know, side note, I really do, like, whenever I ask, um, uh, you know, Miss Janet Harris, if she knew you and she didn't, I was like, man, y'all, Duncanville, y'all have like a hidden gym that nobody in Duncanville even knows live here. Uh, um, um, but let's let's start from the beginning. So how how did you get started in business coming from Oklahoma, a small town <laughs> in Oklahoma? First of all, Phil, I'm gonna say thank you for uh, the kind words um, and thank you for introducing me to Janet. So how did I get started? I was actually in, moved back to Oklahoma after a divorce, trying to find a job as a dental assistant. And unable to find a job as a dental assistant because I had experience with sterilizing instruments, I was able to get a job in sterile processing department, which is what my career has been for over the last 35 years. Um, you know, it's funny, I, I tell people a lot of times, we stop ourselves from being blessed because we're too busy focusing on what we think something should be 
And so by me not being able to get a dental assistant job was actually a blessing in disguise because otherwise I would not have been able to get into the world of sterile processing, which a lot of people don't know what sterile processing is. It's sterilizing the instruments that are used in the OR, um, labor and delivery, or uh, ER. So any instrument that's used on a patient in the hospital comes through sterile processing before our blood. We uh, clean them. We package, repackage them. We sterilize them, and then they go back out for the next patient. Okay. Uh, so and that was in 1985, and I worked my way up to uh, leadership. Um, and then what? Worked my way up to leadership, and then I started yeah. doing consulting. Now, now, now you just jumped a lot, right? So so let's let's. Let's let's start in the beginning, right? So so you started sterilizing instruments. What what was your role when you were sterilizing? Oh wow, I spent a lot of time uh, cleaning instruments. Okay. Uh, so I was an instrument technician, mm -hmm. one would say, and I actually went back to school to get out of sterile processing after ten years, um, and I went back to work on my associate's degree at thirty years old, afraid that I would be the oldest one in the class. I wouldn't be able to comprehend and once I got past that fear and there was a um, student that was like 82 years old sitting next to me and his hair name would be so loud. It was, it was really funny. I felt like I was, I was the youngest one in the class <laughs> next to him. So I say that to say that, you know, it doesn't matter. I learned real quick. It doesn't matter how old we are. It's never too late to do whatever it is that we want to do with our life. Um, so. Uh, and so you started sterilizing and then, and so how do you, and I'm super ignorant to that industry. So how do you move up the ranks? You so you started sterilizing mm -hmm. instruments, and then what's the next step from that? There, uh, some hospitals have a career ladder. Mm -hmm. uh, at that particular time in Tulsa, Oklahoma, someone that looked like me, it wasn't uh, very possible in our mindset. There were six other people in the department that were African American, and um, when I went to college, everyone was saying how crazy that was because I wouldn't get a job any higher in the department. Mm. But I went back to college for me and then, then me having that mindset too, that if I wanted to be able to move up in career, I would have to go outside of that department. And my last semester of working on my associate's degree, the person that had been the supervisor there forever, she retired and I put in uh, for the position. And everybody laughed and, you know, said, wow, you really, you really think that they would even consider you. But as God's plan was, that was my next move in the department. So I was the first uh, African-American supervisor in the department. Oh, I went wow. back to school to work on my bachelor's degree. And in order to uh, manage the department, you had to have a degree in nursing. And I was working on a, a business degree. So again, everybody laughed. Why are you doing this? You'll never be able to be the manager of the department. My last semester of my bachelor's degree, the uh, manager, unbeknownst to me, was asked to step down. I was the supervisor, so they asked me if I would be interim. And I thought, of course, of course I'll be interim. In my mind, I'm thinking this is giving me management experience, whether I'll be able to use it here or not. It's giving me management experience about Three months into that, the uh, VP saw me in the hall and said, have you put in for the manager position? I said, no. And they asked, why not? And I said, because, you know, job description says you have to have a degree in nursing. 
So the next day, I looked at the board, which is what she said, look at the board tomorrow. And they had rewritten it to uh, for a degree in business. So I was the first person <laughs> in that position to ever have a degree in business. And I, I don't speak in engagements. And I, I tell the story because, you know, so many times, like I said, we can be our own worst enemy because we're so busy focusing on what can happen instead of instead of what can happen, mm. you know, and, and maybe it may not happen where we think it should happen, but if we position ourselves and just keep moving forward, things mm. can happen, you know, that we just didn't know that God had planned for us. So uh, after I had done that for a while, I relocated to, uh, to Texas and I was working uh, on my master's degree and also, uh, I didn't want to be responsible for a department because I was in a car wreck. I didn't want to be res- have other responsibility. I just wanted to have a job where I could pay my bills, but I wanted to keep growing while I was finishing my master's degree. And uh, when I moved here to a Dallas-Fort Worth area, I joined a church, and one of the ladies in the church uh, asked me because they knew I was looking for a job. So she told me where a position was uh, uh, they were looking for a manager at Children's Hospital. And, and I said, oh, okay, thank you. But in my mind, I forgot to eat my humble pie. And I said, I'm not going to be a manager. I, that would be going backwards. I was a director, you know, where I was before this. <laughs> and so uh, the next Sunday, she asked me, did you go interview for the position or did you go talk to them about the position? And I said, no, but I thought, you know, Karen, you need to eat some humble pie. This is the second time that was told to you. And so I went. And I met someone that was a consultant out of New Jersey. And he asked me if he could give my information to his company. And my eyes lit up. I was like, of course, you know. And that was my intro to the world of consulting. And I tell that story because I said, had I, had I not been obedient, then I would have missed that opportunity. So a lot of times, uh, something, again, doesn't look like it, what we feel like it should look like, but we don't know. What opportunity we may have missed as they say missed opportunity had I not gone there so I did the consulting piece with them for three years and I'm going to say someone felt I was good at what I did because clients would call the uh, company and they'd say we were told to ask for Karen Cherry which gave me um, that boost that I needed to step out on faith and start SIPS Consult. So in 2005 I started my own company, uh, anticipating me just being a mentor, uh, doing interim management, some education, but God had a different plan with that. So 2019, there are over 100 of us now, so I'm just grateful for that opportunity. And so with being able to have SIPs and the financial backing from it uh, afforded me to start Casey's Properties. Which is a property management company uh, for real estate. Correct. Um, and so, and now, I'm, this just makes me curious, right? So, because you wouldn't think, and, 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 and let me preface my question with, uh, a lot of folks are not optimistic about opportunities. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, nowadays they feel like all the quote unquote good businesses are gone or competitive. But who would have thought you can build a business um, and be a differentiator in sterilizing, you know, hospital instruments, right? So what, like, what's the differentiator? What do you do to make 
people call you out and want you to be their consultant for sterilizing instruments? You know, I, I always tell people relationships are important. Mm -hmm. So over the years, uh, just from going to the different conferences and meeting different people as a, a manager or a director in sterile processing, when I started the consultant piece of it, I had already built a lot of relationships in the past where um, opportunity at the conferences, someone would ask, does anyone know how to do this or has anybody had a challenge with this? And so if there was something that I felt was successful where, where I, I had implemented where I was, I would share that. So with me, when I started the, the company, uh, a few people knew me in the industry. And so I was fortunate okay. to get my first account in a hospital of um, one of the people that knew me in the industry. Actually, I'd done some consulting for another company mm -hmm. in that uh, facility. And so when she left and went somewhere else, she called me and asked, you know, can you come? And a lot of it was just through a referral when we first started. So relationships, mm -hmm. uh, referrals, just, um, I always say to people that come on board with our team, that it's more than just a dollar because there are other consulting companies out there that do what we do. And that's why I say, I don't have competitors. We, there are other people out there that do what we do, not competitors. We compete within ourselves to raise the bar. But, you know, I tell them, if you keep in mind that we're there to help them with whatever their deficiencies are and, and not focus on how long that account's going to be, but how much we can do while we're at that account to get them uh, out of whatever the rut is that they're in to leave a make. So when we leave that we make a mark that we did process improvement or whatever it was that they have. And so that's just, you know, I, I, I stand firm to that that if, if we can't do what we need to do, then we don't need to take that account. Mm. So. Mm -hmm. and, and, you'll, and you'll probably find too that I have, you'll say things and I'll just, I'll get curious. Some of my questions might seem out of the blue, but you just said something that made me think about another question. Hospitals, are, are they um, kind of like hotels in the sense where they actually you know, just manage the quote unquote property and outsource a lot of the um, services that they offer, right? Because I know, because we know they outsource most of the doctors and the pharmacy, but I never thought, yeah, most of them probably do outsource the sterilizing of, of the equipment. Is that kind of how the hospital industry is? It's gotten that way. It's going that way over the last, uh, I'd say, 10 years. Uh, hospitals have started outsourcing store processing department as well as what you said. Uh, it used to be, you know, it was laundry, food service, but over the last 10 mm -hmm. years, they're going more and more into outsourcing store processing department. Most hospitals didn't even know that uh, store processing departments were there. Even your CEOs, they had no idea. Everybody, when you think of instruments, you think of doctors and nurses. And I always say, we're the ones if you go to the movie and you're watching the, uh, you're looking at all the beautiful makeup, beautiful gowns, and, and you know how beautiful that, uh, that, I was gonna say the, uh, what am I trying to say, the actor. Mm -hmm. And and you're looking at the all of the names and everything at the end, and the very small letters that say makeup done by this person, uh, clothing done by this person. Well, we're that person, the little small name that makes that doctor have a successful surgery. Mm. Okay. Hmm. 
So, so earlier you mentioned you built the business, you were, and folks might've went past this, but you basically said, uh, I didn't spend all of my money. I used the business profits to invest wisely and um, own a property management company where you manage properties for real estate that you purchased. So how'd you get into real estate investing? What made you, cause that, that to me, you know, I'm, I'm a stock market person, you know, I own, I own homes and I owned a rental property on accident, you know, but real estate investing, while I will do it for diversification, it makes me super nervous because it's so many moving pieces to it. Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, but how'd you get into that? Oddly enough, with all the uh, traveling, I didn't like staying in hotels. And uh, I was in a uh, African-American female investment club when I lived in California. And once a year, we would take a trip for uh, our, to look at our stocks and bonds and and what we needed to let go, what we needed to buy. And one of the uh, my investment club sisters, she would go to a site the home away our Airbnb and then we would pick out which property we wanted to live at and as I was traveling I thought about you know I said hmm I'm sure there are people that come to Texas because I had bought my home here in Dallas and I thought I'm sure there are people that come to Texas that feel the same way so I had my house as far as my furniture I just kind of bought some neutral pieces um, and then I posted my house and so I, I, it was funny because back then, I was the only, if you looked at Home Aware Airbnb for the Dallas-Fort Worth area, my house would be the only house that you would see. So it's funny to me now. So when you I were look, early, early. Yeah, and I look and I see uh, all the, the homes that are on there. So I, I think that's really neat. I, that's right, because you were in California, so you were kind of way ahead of everybody else on a lot of this stuff. Right. Right. Because well, I guess my first piece of investment, I, I bought a uh, apartment complex in Florida and it was the same. Uh, my investment club sister, the one I was saying that used to look at houses, she and I bought the uh, property together in Florida. So I forgot about that. That would be my would have been my first piece of, mm-hmm. of property that I, I stepped out on. And then, it, you know, and then once you kind of you get over that fear, uh, like I said, I, I did that with my my home in, in Dallas. And same thing, I had a, a cousin that said, oh my God, I couldn't do that. I couldn't let someone else sleep in, you know, sleep in my bed or use my <laughs> towel. And I said, so that's when, that's when you get uh, mattress covers. That's when it really bothers you. You even get another mattress, mm-hmm. you know, because if you get uh, the first rental, will pay for a mattress. Mm-hmm. And I said, you go buy a second set of towels and, you know, and, and it's just funny. I, I learned early on that material things are material things. When I was trying to, you know, when I was trying to build this, yeah, it's funny now because even even my own someone said to me today, "Are you gonna quit letting other people stay in your home? Some things are just prime; it should just be yours." And I said, "You know what? It's just a home. It's just a material thing." So okay, and and so so one one property led to the other, and so and and on the Airbnb deal, so it's funny you say that because uh, when I do get into it, I actually want to do Airbnb because we went to a property. It was the first known time with Airbnb, but it was in Memphis. And it was like right around the corner from that whole Elvis Presley thing that uh, we didn't go to. We weren't super interested in, uh, in Elvis Presley. Um, but the home was like nice. And we paid, I don't know, we pulled together 
I'm probably paying like a thousand or twelve hundred bucks for uh, two or three nights. And I was like, man, because that in the home, it probably the home probably wasn't worth more than a couple hundred dollars because it was Memphis. But it was a nice, well kept home in a well kept neighborhood with big, nice trees. Right. And uh, and I was like, man, this thing would make like so much money because, and you know, it was probably booked every other week because it was right down the street from the Elvis thing, not too far from downtown. So um, is Airbnb still a pretty good way to rent, rent your property if, now with everybody getting into it or still? You know? Oh, yeah, it, it still works well for me. I have uh, some property in Duncanville and um, it, it stays stays booked. My my house and uh, the first house that I, I was talking about, uh, actually, I ended up doing a, a two-year lease with someone that has a business and so she needed um, she needed a place for business. So, I mean, it, mm-hmm. it worked well. Uh, Mm-hmm. Profitable for yeah, profitable for me and work for her. So mm-hmm. yeah. and and Airbnb, I guess you just find somebody to go um, clean it or do you know? Mm-hmm. Do you I have I have uh, actually a couple of people that uh, I depend on and that are very reliable. So in the event that one is busy doing something else, the other one's always available. So giving them with doing with the Airbnb because you know when your guests are coming, when they're leaving, so. At the time that it's booked, then I'm saying, um, are you available uh, for this time, this time? And, and mm-hmm. between the two of them, they get in there and get it turned around for the next person. Try to leave a two, we try to leave a two-day gap, uh, but sometimes... Is it booked that much? Like, yeah, what, like, what's, the, like what's the occupancy, or not, not even say occupancy rate, because some people don't know, but like, how many days out of a month is it, is it booked? I'd say probably at least 20. At least twenty. Wow, that's a mm-hmm. that's, that's a lot. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I block it because you know family or friends coming to town. Just mm-hmm. to, uh, let them stay there. Um, right now, uh, just looking at uh, well, buying land. I've started buying land and having houses built on the land. And you know the tent was to that, and it still is in uh, South Dallas to have some affordable, you know, affordable mm-hmm. housing uh, because they're changing the area over there and housing is not as affordable mm-hmm. for some and so uh, i'm excited about you know excited about that uh, program a couple of weeks ago and a couple of lots over there and then still buying and um, just had a house remodeled in in duncanville that i'm a, a rent out so mm-hmm. yeah yeah oh. i mean i say you said with investment land when i was coming up i, I wish someone had said Land is valuable, just like years ago when you'd hear people. My grandfather used to say, "One day you'll you'll have to pay for water, drinking water." And I'm like, "Who would do that? Why would we have to do that? Water should be free." Well, see where we are today. So mm-hmm. I said, "I wish uh, somebody said that about land, because there are more and more people that are looking for houses, and if you have the land, it's it's a valuable commodity." Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, you're you're you are right. 100%. That's why I know I'm going to have to get into it one day, uh, just because I don't, I don't pass on good opportunities. So your third business, talk to me more about that, because that's one that um, I don't know well. Um, so the guiding businesses, it's, uh, like I said, it's for small businesses that I think back when, when we were, when we were starting, you know, you trying to figure out how to do the, uh, human resource piece of it, insurance, you know, the banking resources, uh, logos. 
and uh, the website creation. I remember uh, I, I thought, I need to get a website. I'm a little older today. And so even when I started the business, I was a little older. So as far as all that stuff was beyond me. So, you know, reaching back to other people, how do you do this? How do you do that? You know, you trade more. And so with, with that, um, sometimes smaller businesses, they, they start out in their, you know, in their homes. I started out in my home. So um, we just, we offer that so the tax planning and preparation. If, you know, if you need bookkeeping or payroll services, we, we offer that to help, uh, help small businesses. So, so it's kind of like a mini, uh, with, with the new term we call incubator for small businesses. So you basically pay, um, you got to focus on a lot as a small business. We're going to make sure that you can focus on just growing, get, your, growing business. your business and servicing your clients and we'll handle like the back end office type stuff. Exactly. Because uh, we even have, we offer the, uh, the virtual offices, you know, uh, for the same thing. Like if someone has a client that is coming to town and you want to be in an office setting that, you know, you can rent out office space for whatever time that is, whether that's an hour, two hours. That was one of the things when um, Casey's Properties, when I bought this building, uh, that we have the, the furnished offices because I, when trying to uh, get a, when we were trying to get a place, I just thought, these it's just ridiculous. But, I mean, it's their property. So mm -hmm. whatever person wants to charge, that's, they have that right. Mm -hmm. So that was one reason that I was encouraged to buy this building. But then too, I thought, you know, when you're starting, it's, it's just hard. Mm -hmm. And so if we could offer uh, offices, furnished offices, and I'm very proud of my offices. Nice offices. Thank you. Um, that if a person wanted to bring someone here, you know, to close a deal or whatever, that it, it makes me humble to be able to be a part of that person saying, bringing someone in here and being in this environment mm -hmm. uh, helps them to move forward to where maybe one day they can have their own building. So. Mm -hmm. Okay. Okay. And, and um, before I go to like my, you know, what I call my investment research question part, um, I think it's important. And, and, and I actually didn't do this intentionally, but I've probably had just as many men as, as women uh, on the podcast, but I, it's just like my world, you know, like my CPA is female, my bankers are female, my attorneys are female. I didn't do it on, I didn't do it on purpose. It just kind of happened, right? So, um, and, but I feel like it's the time of the woman. I went to go do uh, a talk to this, uh, this school in Fort Worth, you know, all girls academy. Mm -hmm. And I told them, I said, look, y'all are gonna talk to y'all's great granddaughters and you're going to tell them that when y'all were little girls, that men ruled the world and they're going to laugh at you. I said, I said, I think we're at that turning point where women are going to like, you know, the internet society, everything has opened up the world to where at least, you know, it's extremely difficult for somebody in the middle to keep you down. And what that means is the hungriest people, you know, minorities and women, but women being minority and women kind of having the super advantage because I think they're like the hungriest, they're going to now be able to move in positions they've never been able to move in before, right? And you were like a pioneer doing it when before it was like cool, right? Um, so what's some advice, you know, um, you would give, you know, minority and really minority female, you know, business people that are 
you know, um, still questioning whether they're like good enough or whether they could um, succeed, you know, in the society with everything you see on the news, right? Mm -hmm. You know, it's funny you say that because um, one of my goals uh, last year was to complete a book, Chicken Poop to Chicken Soup, <laughs> which is my life story. And uh, I did complete it in, in December. Um, and in the book, I talk about, some, you know, just that, some, some of those challenges. So I, I go back from when I was in the um, ninth grade, I was in an algebra class, and I had no idea who I needed to, what alphabets had to do with one plus one or two plus two. And so I remember making the comment to the teacher. I said, this, this doesn't make sense to me. You know, well, how is this going to help me? How is this going to help me in life? And he said, uh, you know what? You did good in basic math, so you just need to go back to basic math. And I thought it was funny at the time because I was not having to learn that. And so at 30 years old, when I decided to go back to college, I resented the fact that that teacher didn't say, you need to challenge yourself. You know, don't just grease the life on the things that come easy to you, but learn things that you don't know. And then when I was um, at the hospital, the very hospital I ended up uh, managing, my first, you know, story in management, I was uh, trying to move up in the department and the, uh, the manager that I ended up taking his place years later, I remember he told me that you think you're more than you are. And I didn't understand that. And I said, maybe you think I'm more than you think I should be. Because I felt he was talking in riddles. So I, I went back in a riddle with him. And he, he laughed and said, uh, you're, you're as far as you need to go. And so I, I could feel myself starting to cry. But I didn't want him to see me cry. And I remember saying, I'll never be as far in this department as I need to go until my name is on that wall where his name was. And he laughed, this just gut laugh. And he said, that's exactly what I said. You, you think you're more than you are. Mm. And if God had a plan, my name went up on that very <laughs> wall. But I say that those things, I'm the type of person, um, I've always been told, when you tell me I can't do, then that's what inspires <laughs> me to do. Mm -hmm. I don't know if that's the best way to do it. But so I say to those that if you, you know, that just, Believe in yourself and follow, follow your goals. You know, find someone. If someone at the circle you're in, that person, if that circle says you can't do, that's not the circle you want to be in. You find a circle of people that are, are where you're trying to go. And, you know, just read positive things, listen to positive, motivated speakers, and just, just keep climbing because the sky is the limit. Mm -hmm. No, that's, that's powerful. Um, so these are my five questions. These are selfish research questions that I have. Um, well, the last four are, but it helps me uh, see what's going on in the world, which I need from an investment perspective. But the first one is more for everybody. If you can go back and talk to your 22-year-old self, you can hop in the time machine and go back, what would you tell 22-year-old Karen? I would tell 22-year-old Karen that just because you're in this marriage that's not going anywhere, you don't have to drown in this. <laughs> that, you know, you made a mistake. It's okay. Keep moving. Love yourself and just keep moving. Okay. Wow, that's real. That's real. 
Um, second question is top three brands, right? And these these brands can be like brands you purchase for your business, uh, where you shop for groceries. It could be shoes, it could be purse glasses. But what are your top three brands? Meaning things that are non negotiable. So you're not going to buy the Kroger brand of this, right? Like what? You know, what are three your three top brands uh, that you like to purchase? You know, it's funny. You say they're non-negotiable. I don't have anything that's non-negotiable. I'm I'm a bargain holler, mm -hmm. and so mine is whoever was the most loyal to me at the time. <laughs> that's where I'm going. I'm just being I'm being real. Okay. Uh, vehicles, even with that, you mm -hmm. know, I would say I think out of all my vehicles, I like. Mercedes best and I'll probably go back to Mercedes. But and 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 I'll say more with Mercedes, it was the customer service. Cause I mean mm -hmm. I have a Tesla now and I don't feel like it's the same customer service as mm -hmm. I got at with Mercedes. Mm -hmm. And so mine is like I said, whoever's the most loyal and whatever looks like it's the best price for me at that time. So the so what's the what's the service center? What's the dealership for the Mercedes? If that's that's gonna be like was that Sewell? Mercedes? Oh no. no so it was uh, Cadillac. Uh, who's Mercedes? I don't know. But it, but it was every Mercedes you went no, to? No, no. To be honest, it's the one um, over here in Arlington. Okay. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, I'm 20. That's good. To um, know. Yeah, I'm 20. I, I bet that's one of the uh, Warren Buffett bought um, this big old car chain, but he bought this the one that we, we got an accurate dealership that we bought two cars from. He owns all, he owned a bunch of them over there. Hmm. Um, but I, I see, I see why he bought the dealerships. Um, okay, no, that's a great answer. Where, where do you, um, where do you um, watch, or read, or listen to to get your news and, and education or information? You just you know, when you're trying to get updated on what's going on in the world, how do you get that information? <laughs> I think uh, actually, anytime you turn on your your computer, you know, the, the news is going to pop up there. So that's where I get it. I, okay. As it scrolls through, I look and see if it's something that looks like, you know, something that I want to, I want to read. And then I, I read it. Um, I just listen to world news. Um, is that like Google or is it whatever browser? Is it Internet Explorer? Is it Internet mm -hmm. Explorer? Internet Explorer yeah, is what I have. Okay. And then if it's something I want to do more research on, of course, I, you know, I Google it. Mm -hmm. do, do you still read like magazines? I don't. Oh, yeah, okay. you say magazines. I guess I do read magazines, but I don't uh, subscribe to any. It's okay. probably if I'm sitting in a doctor's office. Okay. Uh, no, no. I mean, that, that's important. Um, what about shows that you watch to like turn your brain off? So like whenever you're trying to just, you know, we all have our escapism. Mm -hmm. Like what, what, are, what are some shows you like to watch? And it can be sports. It can be TV shows. It can be genres. Yeah. I like Suits. That's Amazon? Suits? Is that pretty good? It's, I think I saw it on Amazon on my fire stick. Mm -hmm. it, it's pretty good. It's uh, it's about attorneys. Um, as a matter of fact, Megan Markle, that's, she played on that before she... Oh, mm -hmm. for real? So I, it, the uh, owner of the firm, and I can't think of, I can't think of her name, is, is the African-American female. Married to uh, well, they got a divorce. Um, Lawrence Fishburne. 
Okay. So yeah, and so I just thought she was just so sharp and just you know I just love the way she dressed. I love the way she carried herself, and mm -hmm. and that that was her firm, and and all these people were trying to come at her, <laughs> and she would come back at them. So I love that. Um, that's another one I like, and it's it's attorneys. I don't know why. Not that I'm so hot, strung out on attorneys. It's just that these shows called me. This is a uh, African American firm, uh, the Good Fight. The Good Fight. Uh -huh. where, where is that? Which which, which uh, station? That's uh, is it ABC? But it's one of those that you. It's ABC, whatever that extra. Okay. That like ABC you have to Go pay for, it, mm -hmm. for that. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so I was on an airplane one day, and I was watching it a couple years ago, and got off into it. So anyway, mm -hmm. Access, ABC. I think it's ABC Access, but you have to. You can't just watch it on regular right. television. Yeah. Okay. So I like that. Um, mm -hmm. Let me see when I turn my brain off. I don't know. I like uh, I like good movies. I like uh, comedy. So I find mm -hmm. a good romance. So I find mm -hmm. a good romance movie. Okay. And what what are your top three favorite books that you read? It can be like recent ones or just all time favorite books. I say the first one that comes to mind is Rich Dad Poor Dad because that changed my life. Mm -hmm. You know, it, it just really did. Where I said with assets and liabilities and what I was saying, like the house, uh, that if I, I wasn't living there because I was in California most of the time. And so uh, when I thought about paying that house note, that was a liability if I wasn't in the house. And that's when I went to doing the, you know, the home away in the Airbnb, turned into an asset. Same thing with the, uh, with the car that I had, I let it go because clients always got me rental cars. So, you know, mm -hmm. um, so rich dad, poor dad, that, yeah, that changed my life for the best. Um, Damon Wayans, um, The Power of Broke. Oh, oh, I haven't read that one. Yeah, that's, I, I enjoyed that, The Power of Broke. Um, oh, and I'm, I've just started reading uh, Michelle Obama's uh, Being Michelle. So. Mm. Those are my three that send out right now. Okay, okay. I gotta read the Michelle. I'm waiting for my wife to finish. They, she's AK, so they all got a copy in their Ivy boxes. So I'm like trying to let her read it first before, <laughs> before I read it. Well, um, you know, I, I appreciate you taking the time to uh, talk to me. Uh, I know we haven't, I feel like we haven't even started to like unpack like your life because I probably have like 50 more questions, but we're gonna have to just do this again. Okay, well, um, thank you so much. I really appreciate you taking time and, to speak with me. And, and so I'm going to link up because I, there's a lot of entrepreneurs who listen to this podcast. Okay. And, I, and, a, and quite a few of them live in the area, and I know they would love to um, uh, learn more about the, the, the startup type service. And so I'm going to put a link on my podcast note for that site Great. Uh, where they can um, reach out and get, get more information. Um, Cause I think, I think it'd be used, especially, you know, cause the, the entrepreneur providing it has such a, um, such a vast experience of just being in business. And, and, uh, like I said, uh, the, 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 the school of hard knocks is an amazing school. And that's why I do these podcasts. I get to learn from people that have gone through that, through that school. So again, I appreciate you. Thank you. Information on this podcast is for educational purposes only 
and does not intend to make any offers or solicitation for any investment advice, any investments in investment strategies, purchasing any businesses. You need to seek with your own advisors, tax professionals, or anyone uh, that you work with uh, before you implement any of these ideas, strategies discussed. Enjoy your day.